I take you now back to the Gospel of Mark chapter 5, and we're going to continue on with the story of the Gerasene demoniac. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to see Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you a memory recall test right here and now. Sandy, hit it. Everybody sing. to show the concept of kindness toward all people. Neighbors were as important to this show as getting off the island was to Gilligan and saving the world is to the Avengers. The word neighbor in that little short song is mentioned eight times. And Mr. Rogers, he was in good company talking about neighbors. Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus placed such importance on treating others, all others, as our neighbors, that he made it one of two commandments for all those who follow him. It's not a suggestion or an option or a nice idea. For Jesus, it's never been about who we bestow the title of neighbor upon, as if it's up to us. 
Nope. It's about following Jesus, meaning what kind of neighbor are we to those around us? Repeat after me. Good morning, neighbors. There we go. Are you getting into the spirit? Neighbors, welcome to this beautiful day in our neighborhood. Whether you are worshiping with us online or here in the sanctuary, we proclaim the truth that Jesus has brought each one of us here to this time, in this moment now, to worship him. From all of our different backgrounds and life experiences, he has gathered us together from wherever we are right now and made us into his one people. We are all about growing in relationships that develop into friendships around here, which then makes us partners in ministry together. So with Jesus, with one another, and all those we serve, both near and far, from our city of Livonia to the world, we go together giving Jesus thanks as we do for making us a family of faith. God calls us children. Jesus says he's our brother. We are all the family of God. The Bible tells us that the church is not the building, but it's the body of Christ. It is the people. So you, me, Christians all over the world, we don't just go to church or do church, we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus, his modern day disciples, and we have a story that began here at Rosedale 93 years ago by those who had a strong faith, a love for Jesus, for serving others, and had a vision for this church family we are today before even the first shovel of dirt came up on the ground. Here we are today. We're worshiping together from our small piece of land in God's vast and great kingdom on the corner of West Chicago and Hubbard in Livonia. Since 2015, we are blessed to call our church building and grounds the mission station. We are a faith meets real life, all hands on deck, Every voice matters from our little kids to us big kids, family of God. Which is why we are so excited today to welcome new members into our neighborhood. They say home is where your story begins, and each one of us comes from a family of our own. We have family members that we love unconditionally, and we also usually have a family member that may be kind of hard to love. What? Your grandma used to say about that family member that was hard to love, now don't worry about him. He marches to the beat of his own drum. That's right. He may even be living in that one mysterious, sometimes scary house in that neighborhood where the children dare to ride their bikes back and forth on the street in front of his house, trying to catch a glimpse of a shadowy figure in motion. And only the bravest of all the kids played a game of ding-dong ditch. Anybody ever played ding-dong ditch? Only Kate. <laughs> 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 
So when I think about this story of the Gerasene demoniac, I wonder if he was that guy to his family. I wonder if children in the neighborhood back in the days of Jesus were afraid of this man that he encountered. No one there would have ever imagined in this moment that soon he would be calmly sitting with Jesus talking. He's remarkable because no one would have ever dreamed it possible that this man would become actually the first missionary to the Gentiles years before Paul. He was the one who shared his story with Jesus wherever he went. But let's go back to the beginning of his story. He did live in a graveyard among the tombs of the dead. He cried and howled at night and all the day, scripture tells us. People were fearful of him as he was of them. In earlier days, others must have tried to intervene because he had broken chains that were hanging from his arms and his ankles. His clothes were so well worn that most of them had fallen off his body. So imagine his physical, emotional, spiritual, mental pain. He was in torment. He was alone, no family or friends around. And then one day, Jesus shows up. Even that seems unusual because Jesus led his disciples across the lake to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And remember, for the Jews, the sea was thought to be this abyss. They didn't want their children getting in the water in fear that the demons were under the water and it would suck down those who fell in the water. Only the brave, the fishermen, went out at sea. And so we've just come back with the disciples and Jesus from that whole scene on the lake that Pastor Kate preached about last week where there's this raging storm all of a sudden that comes out of nowhere and Jesus is sleeping on the boat and the disciples wake him up and say, don't you care about us? What a great moment. And then he wakes up and he looks at the sea and says, peace, be still. Pastor Kate made us wonder that perhaps it wasn't the sea he was looking at. Perhaps it was the disciples. Peace, be still. So they've just come from that horrendous time at sea. Remember, the, they only got on the lake because they tried to escape the crowds because Jesus kind of wanted to take them away for you know, their own personal retreat, which kind of ended in disaster. And now they're all the way on the other side of the lake where no Jew would ever think to go. So it's the equivalent of saying Jesus went to be with those people, the Gentiles, who according to the Jews were unclean. No one kept the religious rules they did. They even ate pigs. But nevertheless, Jesus took his disciples to them, and not only this one time, but many times, to the region of the Decapolis. They were called tin cities that spread across the country by Greco-Roman cities. And Jesus made sure to take the disciples over there so they would get to know very different people from themselves. The scene. So here they arrive. 
they're coming in on the boat. And while they're still getting out of it, you know, the picture is Jesus maybe has one leg over with maybe a couple disciples. The rest are in the back. All of a sudden, they hear this loud sound, and there's this man. And he's crazy. He's yelling. He's howling. He has this high-pitched, screaming voice. And when they look up, he is running at a breakneck speed right at them, right at Jesus. And they were panicked. But not Jesus. Jesus knows us, just like he knew that the man had been suffering. When the man suddenly came upon Jesus, what did he do? He dropped at his feet, and he looked up at Jesus and said, What have you to do with us, Son of God? Don't torment me. Notice how easily he names and proclaims Jesus as the Son of God. When only the scene before, the disciples were wondering what Jesus was doing. Didn't he even care about them? And yes, these demons recognize Jesus for who he is. And then Jesus always answers a question with a question. And he says, what is your name? In biblical culture, your name is so very important. It's who you are. It's where you come from. It's your story. Your family tree. Remember Simon, who becomes Peter, which in Latin means the rock, a name he had to learn and to live into. So naming someone is a really big deal. <clears throat> in baptism today, when someone comes forward to be baptized, an infant or an adult, the first question we ask them is either what name do you give your child or what is your name? Because it links us back to the early church and the importance of naming. So here Jesus asks his name and the man responds and says, my name is Legion and we are many. Legion in Latin means a unit of 6,000 soldiers. Now this was soldier country, and he was in pain, and he was suffering, and we know what it means to be in pain, to second-guess ourselves, or to believe the lie that someone told us somewhere along the way that we aren't this enough, or that enough, or just plain not enough. We know what it's like to carry guilt or wounds. We know what it's like to live with the what-ifs. We know what it's like to have a broken heart, to lose a job, to have all these expectations at certain time periods in the future, and to feel like if we don't hit them that somehow something's wrong with us, or that if we don't get that achievement we always thought we wanted, Something's wrong, or we reach the achievement and it's not what we thought it would be, or perhaps it's illness, and then slowly the light begins to fade, and we say something like this to a trusted friend, things aren't happening in my life right now like I thought they would, you know, I don't know who I am anymore, I feel broken. Jesus is our great physician. He is our healer. 
He is the one who can heal us, the Son of God. And I know it sounds so strange that Jesus drives the demons into a herd of swine who then run off the cliff to their death. But the man was set free. Don't miss it. He was set free. The one who puts us back together in ways we could have never dreamed of. Perhaps it's through a person or a word spoken by an unlikely person that cracks us open. Maybe it's a safe place. It's a hug after a period of isolation. It's the smallest act of kindness that somehow just blows us away. You know, our story is unique. God made only one of us. God made only one you. Jesus sets us free from all that has us cast down. The past hurts that we have, we bring to his care. And then they start losing their grip. They stop controlling us. And little by little and step by step, we make that journey. And with every day that goes by, it's like we're carrying a backpack with full of rocks and we just take one out and we take the next step and we take another one out until finally the backpack is empty and he can come and fill us with his love and his light. Fred Rogers said this, there is no normal life that is free of pain. It's, very, it's the very wrestling with our problems that can be the impetus for our growth. Now that the man is transformed, the neighbors are in shock. They'd known him so long and that's how he was. That was kind of his role in town. And what happens is he doesn't get the reaction he was hoping for from the town. I mean, where was the feast of the prodigal son? I mean, he was right there. He was transformed. He was ready to be welcomed and accepted because he was transformed. Aren't they happy for him? No. As a matter of fact, the people start to ask Jesus to leave town. Take the man with him. Go away, Jesus, they say. Who's going to pay for us the financial disaster that you caused putting these 2,000 pigs over the cliff? I mean, the reality is that they care more about the pigs than they do about this man. And Jesus picks up on that. And when Jesus gets up to leave, the man begs him to take him with him. <clears throat> he wants to be with Jesus. He wants to follow him. Not stay there where really nobody seemed to care about him. I mean, who could blame him? I'm sure he was ready to quit that transformation. And then there's Jesus. And he begins to talk to him. And in such a way, he looks upon him with love and he says, It doesn't have to be this way. Stop. Don't let the voices come back. I'm here, I love you, and I have a new charge for you. Jesus tells him he wants him to stay home. Now remember where his home is. 
with all the Gentiles. And he tells them to share the news, to go right into the heart of the Decapolis and share that Jesus has made him whole and set him free. Because he was made for joy, just like we are. He was created in love, in God's image. And Jesus promises to be with him. So when you're really ready to quit, try to remember this. It takes a death to have a resurrection. It takes pain to have progress. It takes a hurt to have a healing. And it takes a struggle to have a story worth telling. And it takes a trial to have a testimony. Inspiring words by Pastor Craig Rochelle. Those words have stayed with me all week as I was diving into this passage. So Jesus comes along and he brings transformation to this amazing guy who was living among the tombs and the darkness and brings him out into the light and gives him a purpose just as Jesus calls each and every one of us here today to come, follow me, live in my love. And remember too, this is one individual story and yet it's part of a bigger story because soon it will be Jesus who's in the garden, who's being arrested, who's alone, who's separated from the people and he will become the one that is suffering on behalf of all of us who will take our sin to the cross so that we can have resurrection. So that is the good news message of Jesus for us today. Perfect love casts out all fear. Friends, neighbors, by the grace of Jesus Christ, let us hold one another in prayer, praying for Jesus to transform us in every way. We are a hope-filled people, resurrection people, and it is a beautiful day in our neighborhood. Amen.